What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wildlife Control Podcast. My name is Kyle Waltz, and this is episode seven. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about running a million-dollar location. Before you go and branch out and start opening up new territories, before you take on investors, before really, I think, before you really put the pedal to the metal and you decide to grow your business one way or the other, whether it's through territories or or going up and taking on capital, get yourself a million-dollar location, whether that's where you live right now or somewhere else that you're running your business. It really doesn't matter to me. I think it's really important. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can run that. And for me personally, in my business, I want to run my business as lean as possible. I do not want unnecessary expenses, unnecessary uh, technology. I don't want fat. I want to run it lean because when it runs lean, it's easier. It's simpler and it's more profitable, which at the end of the day, that's one of the reasons why you're in business to begin with. So let's jump right into it. I'm going to give you a prime example. I'm going to pull back the curtain of exactly how we run our head location in Jacksonville, Florida that does consistently a million dollars a year. This year, right on track. We're going to do right at a million dollars. Last year, right on track. We did right at a million dollars. And then in 2017, we did a million dollars. In 2016, we did about 700,000. So, and then in 2015, Jacksonville did uh, about, I think we did like 200,000. So we've, we've come a long way and there's, there's been ups and downs before that. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and break down what does a million dollar location look like? And I think this will help answer a lot of questions that people have in terms to, you know, how many people should you hire? Because we made some mistakes that I, I hope you don't ever have to make and ever have to deal with. You know, one of the issues that we had in 2000, really in 15, 16 17, and even 18 until this year, we were overstaffed, meaning we had more employees than what we needed. So in a way, it's a good thing because if someone quits, if someone gets fired, everything runs smoothly and it's all good. It kind of makes the job a little bit easier for the manager. When you're understaffed and you lose lose somebody, the manager then has to jump in, you or someone that you've hired, they got to fill that position or customer service is going to suffer. So if you're willing to run lean, like I'm about to tell you, you've got to be willing to jump in and do the work. Otherwise, you're going to have upset customers, you're going to have lawsuits, you're going to have refunds. So you got to be willing to jump in as needed. Um, and this is exactly how we run our business today. Uh, I don't want to get into specifics as far as profitability goes, but this is exactly what we do, and it works tremendously well. And you know, we've we've seen consistency with our top line, and 
right now we're increasing our bottom line. So let's talk about how many technicians compared to revenue. So in our million dollar company, now I know every company in different areas of the country, you might have more trapping or more exclusion um, or you might have more bird work, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever that might be or might look like, uh, this will at least give you a general idea of, you know, what it could look like for you. So in the past, for as far as trapping goes of that revenue of that million dollars, almost half of it is just trapping $480,000 to be exact. That's what what we're on track to do this year. I pulled reports today. What did it look like last year? What did it looked like the year before? Generally, it's right in between four fifty and four ninety for trapping revenue. So, of that revenue, in the past we had three technicians servicing that four hundred eighty thousand dollars. Three technicians. So all they did was trapping. Now, there's pest control mixed in with that. We're just going to call that trapping for fun because it's somewhat similar. A trapper can do pest control, um, and and these guys are not doing exclusion work. And gals, by the way, we do have some females that work for us. So they're not doing exclusion work. They're only doing trapping. They're checking traps, picking up animals, looking for dead animals in walls, etc. Okay? So they're not typically spending more than an hour at a customer's house. Now, what we learned is three people was too many people. And just this year, we switched it to two. Guess what? Customers are still getting great service. Everyone's happy. And really what we found is this. When we had the three technicians doing doing that portion of the revenue, they were starting at 7 a.m. They're leaving their house. They're getting to their first job site by 8. You know, they're, they're stopping by the office. They're getting materials at 7.30. 8 o'clock, they're getting to their first job site. 2 o'clock, they're pretty much done. And, you know, we're, we're paying them as if they work. They're on salary. We're paying them as if they work at least until 5, sometimes later. So... That's great for the technician. That's not great for the business. So we backed off and we switched to two and everybody's happy. Everybody's working seven to five. The the technicians that worked for us before, when we switched, they left because they weren't happy with working more hours. But the new ones, they don't know any different. And they it's that level of expectation. You know, when you go to job a job and you get it, and you're used to working seven to two, and all of a sudden you get switched and you're working seven to five, and there's no change in sight, well, you know, you might you might not like it anymore. So our new technicians love it. They don't have any issues with it. So so that's where we are with our trapping. So we're down to two technicians, and they're running this year about $480,000 of revenue. They're not do, doing really any sales. I mean, they're doing a little bit. But we're not dependent on them for sales. They're just servicing, trapping customers. Now, let's move into a different category. Exclusion and insulation. We call these people repair technicians. I don't know what you call them in your business. That's what we call them. These are people who are going to be on a job site 
for more than an hour. They're typically not going to be on a job site for less than an hour. We have one truck. You got two guys or gals riding in one truck together. They meet up every morning somewhere convenient, whether it's at our office or somewhere else, and they ride together throughout the day. Now, typically, they're at one to two job sites per day for eight to 10 hours a day or longer sometimes. Now, they're servicing a lot more than what a trapper can service. We actually have it down to where we know a repair technician should be able to complete $1,000 in services by themselves per day at least. Now, I know some of y'all are thinking, oh, that's too easy. I can do $2,000 a day. Look, me too. But you're the owner or, or you're a pro. So that's probably why you're listening to this. Your average Joe that doesn't have a ton of experience and is not the owner and is not getting compensated with huge big bucks, we're expecting them to complete $1,000 a day. Sometimes it's $1,500, sometimes it's $800. But typically, when we schedule a job for one repair technician, they're doing $1,000 a day. But we don't schedule jobs for one repair technicians. Typically, we're going to schedule them for two because they ride together. So two guys, 1,000 times two equals 2,000. They're doing $2,000 a day. That's what we schedule. They're completing $520,000 a year. So you add the 520 to the 480, boom, there's a million dollars in revenue. Now, we used to run up to four to complete the same thing. And it was stupid. Now, the reason that we did it is because we had guys traveling all over the country, which we quit making people travel. We started just hiring local people and, and having them do it. But ultimately, it's not necessary for us to have that many repair technicians based off of that revenue. Now, magically, our revenue increases and our, our wildlife stuff really increases, which by the way, we're not trying to increase our wildlife control revenue right now. We're, in, we're trying to increase our recurring revenue right now. We're more, more focused on our pest side of the business, which is a completely different conversation to have. But as long as our revenue stays where it's at with exclusion, around $500,000 a year, two repair technicians is perfect. Now, one goes down, yeah. We're, we're set back a little bit. Manager's got to jump in and help until he uh, finds a replacement. And, and then we can continue that. But they're doing that no problem. They do it exclusion work and insulation. Again, we're not sending them out to pick up animals. We're not sending them out to do anything small. They're only working on big jobs. They're at houses all day. And, you know, when you think about it, if you're at a house all day long, up on the roof, you might not want to send that person inside the house to set up a new service. You know, you kind of want somebody that's a little bit more fresh to go inside the house. They're not as dirty. They don't smell as bad uh, compared to somebody who's been sitting on a roof all day, sweating their butt off. So for us, that works incredibly well. And then we have salespeople. We have two salespeople. 
that control the million dollars of revenue. And, and those salespeople are primarily salespeople who are going around. You know, we get a call for uh, critters in the attic. We get a call for, I need my attic cleaned out, whatever. These people are going out doing inspections as salespeople, identifying the problem and then determining a solution to the problem and creating a plan of action for our technicians to go behind and do the work. Now, if it's a critter problem that's outdoors, snakes, armadillos, raccoons, whatever, uh, in that case, typically we're going to sell that over the phone. However, we might go out there in person and do an inspection if we're already in the neighborhood and if we have time. It really just depends on the scenario. And, you know, each salesperson for us, we expect to sell at least $500,000 a year. We have our, our territory cut in two, north and south. We have a line down the middle that's split by a highway. We know that everything south of that highway goes to our southern salesperson. And everything north of that highway goes to our northern salesperson. And we split it up that way, and the office splits up the leads. The manager, we have one manager that manages this team. So it's a team of two, four, six, plus somebody answering the phones. Now, that person that answers the phones is answering the phones for people all over the country, not just in Jacksonville, but, you know, he's still going to kind of watch that, that CSR, that customer service representative, and make sure everything's going smoothly in his territory. And that's it. It's very simple. Now, in the past, we've done a lot of different things. We've tried three salespeople. We've tried, uh, you know, we've tried four exclusion technicians, three trappers, all of this stuff. We still got to a million dollars in revenue. And now that we've got more lean, we found, hey, we don't need all these people. We've, we've learned to deal without them. It's no problem. So the next thing is, have you ever reverse engineered your call volume to determine how many calls you, sh- you need to get to a million dollars in sales? Well, clearly we have because we've actually been able to look at that data over the past couple of years. So we, we keep extremely accurate records of every single customer that calls our office. So whether they call us to advertise or to market or they call us because there's a, there's a dead alligator in a lake, whatever, doesn't matter what they call us for, we record every call in a database we know who, who they are, what their name is, what their zip code is, um, sometimes their address if they're a customer, a potential customer. And we record all that data. So I'm able to look back every two weeks, actually, or actually every day, and I can identify who called in, what they, what did they need, what number did they call, and I can track all that. And the number that they call can determine which website they clicked on that we owned to call us and it all just makes perfect sense. It tells a story. It tells us what's working and what's not working. So on average, in any given month, 
if I look at the past 12 months from our own websites of this million dollar location, we're getting about 420 inbound calls. So when I did a trailing 12 report, our average is 420 inbound calls from the local numbers for this location. That is an average. And here's what we found. On average, we're getting 273 leads per month and 147 trash calls. What is a trash call? Well, this is what we we would identify as a trash call. A trash call is somebody who called who is asking for something that will not is it's basically not a request for services that we provide. So if a telemarketer calls us and says, "Hey, we can get you on the front page of Google," that would go into trash. If somebody calls us and says, "There's a dog loose in the neighborhood," that would go into trash. Um, if a current customer calls us, you know, we love our current customers, but that goes into trash because it is not a lead. If a current customer calls us though and says, Hey, my warranty is expired and I have squirrels in my attic, that would be considered a lead. But if a current customer calls and just says, Hey, I'm under warranty, I'm hearing noises that would not go into lead. So an average of 273 leads is needed per month for us to hit that million dollar a year mark. And years ago, I identified that when you take that number of leads we get, 273, and you multiply that by 300, it comes out to 81,900. You multiply that by 12. That comes out to 982000 just under a million dollars in sales. Look, I'm sure somebody else is listening that has completely different information. I respect you. Everybody is entitled to an opinion. That's just based off of my own company's data. That's what we found, that if we can get about 273 real leads in per month, that that branch, that location, should be doing a million dollars in sales or an average of $300 for each lead that we get. So basically, this is what that means. When you see your sales for the end of the month and you see the number of leads, you take the number, the total number of sales, you divide that by the number of leads. If that equals less than $300, your salespeople are underperforming. If your salespeople are underperforming or the people that are being marked as leads aren't leads. So you probably need to have a conversation with, with uh, your CSR to identify what they're marking as a lead and what they're not. And then also have a conversation with your salespeople to make sure they're doing everything that they should be doing. But that's what we found. So every two weeks when we do a sales report, we do, do one for each pay period, and we see what our sales are, we divide our sales by the number of total leads that we've had, unique leads, and if it's less than 300, that's when we look into what happened. Why did we not hit our goals? So, I mean, that was really simple, right? So 
that's how we're running a million dollar location. And, you know, another thing that y'all should know is if you want a million dollar location, use this data to your advantage. I'm not telling a lie here. This is real data from my computer to this podcast. Um, I have no reason to lie. I want everybody to be successful. That's the whole reason I do this is I, I want to see other people hit their But I, I want to see people understand that, you know, this information that I'm putting out there and that other people are putting out there right now, it's to your advantage. You know, nobody else was doing this when I was up and coming in the wildlife control space. So, you know, anybody who's listening to this right now, you're getting a bunch of free information. I'm not asking for anything from y'all. Um, I just want to see y'all be successful. I hope that I'm helping you um, and, and bring some value to your business, to your organization. You know, one other thing that you can do to run lean in your wildlife control business is build an outstanding website and or websites to decrease your advertising cost. I mean, it's great to be on the front page of Google, but of those 420 inbound calls that we're seeing on average per month, do you want to know how much that cost? It cost our company, I think about $50 a month for our websites to keep everything up to date. It might be like $75 or $100, but it's, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to the cost of going out and paying for advertising or buying leads from someone whether it's Home Advisor, Thumbtack, Angie's List, or a lead, another lead generation site, you can definitely get the calls from there. Um, but it's even better when when you're not paying hardly anything for that. So you know, even if it costs me a hundred dollars a month, I'm getting four hundred and twenty calls. A hundred divided by four hundred and twenty, I'm paying point two two four cents, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Paying a fourth of a cent per call. I think that's right. Yeah, that's got to be right. Whatever. Look, I I think that there's just so much opportunity out there in our space. Hardly anybody's taking advantage of it. And more than anything that I see when, when I say that is you guys that are running one, two, three man shows can easily get to that million dollar mark. You can make a lot more money for yourself and you can have a lot more freedom. I went on vacation Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I did a little four day getaway, short and sweet. Nothing happened. Okay. Nothing, nothing bad happened. I left I put my email on on auto response. I changed my voicemail. I left and I came back, um, officially came back today. I did come back yesterday, but not like the, the all the way. And I came back and there's no issues. There's no problems. There was no uh, drop in sales. There was no customer service issues. Everything flowed perfectly. In fact, people got hired when I was gone. Um, you know, opportunities came about, sales happened, everything that was supposed to happen, happened in my business while I was gone. And it would have been no different had I been there. So 
you know, I think that's what a lot of people are missing out on in business is if you're the salesperson or the technician or the manager, it's really difficult for you to go away for a few days and it not affect your business. And when you come back, you have all these work orders that you need to go take care of and all this and all that and bills didn't get paid and all that stuff. It's really a great feeling when you can go away for a few days or if you get sick and not have to worry of whether or not your business is on fire. And, you know, that's one of the biggest advantages of building a bigger company. And, you know, a million dollars a year is is not a big company by any means, but it's big enough to have at one location. You can have the team, the sizable team that you need that can effectively manage that business with you or without you. The The whole idea should be for you to work on your business, not in it. If you have not read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber yet, pick up a copy. I don't know if it's on Audible. If it isn't, it should be. And listen to the guy. He's he's. I don't even know if he built a huge successful company, but his ideas about what you should be doing as an operator and an owner are spot on for sure. He talks about franchising. He talks about McDonald's. He talks about all of the successful chains out there and what they look like compared to you know, what a lot of other small businesses look like and why they ultimately fail because the owners get burnt out. So do yourself a favor, do me a favor and build your company up as fast as you can, get it as big as you can. But first, make sure you get to that one strong multi-million dollar location.